you build your legacy, you don't build someone else's legacy with real estate investing. Welcome to the House Hacking Success Podcast, where you'll learn the path to free rent and financial freedom through real estate. Featuring your hosts, Brad Labrie and Drew Klingler. What's up, everybody? Real quick before we start the show. If you go down to the description or the show notes for this podcast episode, there's a link and that's going to send you to a page that you can download our free ebook on. This ebook is really good. Brad wrote it and it covers everything that you need to know about house hacking in a very structured order so you can put all the pieces together. All right, enjoy the show. Welcome to House Hacking Success. We have Andreas Bustamante here today. Andreas, we appreciate you coming on. Thank you guys for bringing me on. I appreciate it. Absolutely. So you have an amazing story. We're going to talk about a lot. We're going to talk about new construction, uh, kind of your expertise within that. You're in Austin, Texas, which is the number one emerging market in the United States. Uh, so we can kind of talk about that uh, and your expertise within house hacking with new construction, which is an incredible idea, especially uh, within these kind of markets. You're going to talk about how, you know, for such low money down, you can get into these properties and uh, and all that goes in with that. But first of all, let's kind of go back to uh, your origination story. Let's take us through what got you into real estate. Uh, yeah, for sure. So when I was um, 16, actually, I had the opportunity to go to France, study abroad for a whole year. And that was great because it opened my eyes to just being able to travel, was able to travel a lot, very blessed. And that kind of started opening my eyes to what, you know what? I want to be able to travel, you know, I want to have more independence that um, that allowed me to just realize the potential for, um, you know, living on my own, traveling wherever I wanted and whatnot. So that year in France was just amazing. Really love that. Fast forward, I came back to El Paso, Texas. That's where I'm from. I finished high school. Then I got into the University of Texas at Austin. So freshman year was great. I decided to get my real estate license. Because I really, like I said, France helped me open that mindset of independence, you know, and also just being able to use my time however I wanted. So with real estate, you don't really have a boss and you can decide to really work whenever you want and you eat what you kill. As, as, you, as you know, you're a real estate agent, so you work hard, play hard. So with that, um, freshman year, sophomore year was great at leasing agent. Then junior year was when I really started um, grinding with the leasing side. So through the money I made through leasing, I was actually able to pay for all of my college tuition and also all of my housing. So I was like, damn, this is awesome. Choosing my own schedule. Love it. Junior year, actually, very funny. One of my leasing clients, she was like, hey, Andres, I have a, a referral for you. And I was like, awesome. I talked to the guy. I was like, hey, dude, what's your budget? Uh, this and that. And he's like, dude, my budget's like 2 million. So I was like, wait, what, what are you talking about? 2 million? You can buy a condo or something with that. And he's like, yeah, I want to buy a condo. So I'd never done a sale before. And I was like, dude, 2 million. That's pretty insane. So did a lot of research that week. And I told him, okay, these are the properties that we can look at and whatnot. Long story short, he got a condo 1.1 million. And I was like, damn, 30,000 in commission as a junior. I just wanted to keep doing this for forever, you know? So senior year graduated. And then uh, my summer of 2019 was when I really had the, you know what, what am I going to do full time? So I read a lot of bigger pockets, 
listened to a lot of podcasts and I decided that through real estate, which is what I love doing, I will achieve the goal of being financially free, which is something that really motivates me. And also, I mean, just in general, I love real estate and empowering people, millennials to achieve their goal of buying a home or being financially free, you know? Yeah. And uh, Diego Corzo, you work for, we added him um, on episode 12. His story is amazing. Yeah. Um, I mean, just the kind of obstacles that he went through to get to where he is. And uh, he has what, six house hacks, correct? He has six house hacks in Austin and he's he has like 12 other properties all around the U.S. That's amazing. Yeah, That's amazing. he's awesome. So- so uh, before we go into your house hacks, because I'd love to get into that and, and kind of get into new construction side of things and, and all that. Talk me through kind of what you learned as a leasing agent, you know, the, the structures of contracts, um, dealing with tenants, placing them, things of that nature. Uh, walk us through a little bit of that. Of course. So the, the contracts for leasing are way different in Texas. It's a TAA, Texas Apartment Association. And it was just very interesting helping... Um, helping clients in, in UT first, first two years, I didn't really know the, the Austin market as well, but through the relationships I built through those first two years with property managers and whatnot, I was actually able to just tell the property managers, Hey, you know what? I have these clients. I'm going to send them over to you. And they would usually just sign right on the dot right there. So it was really cool seeing that build a lot of clientele through that. And just in general, I mean, with leasing, I really learned how to be the most efficient by asking great questions in order to figure out what people really want. So before freshman and and sophomore, I was like, oh, what do you want? And showing them like 10 properties and then junior and senior, I was like, okay, I ask like four questions and now I know what you want and I'm going to take you to two apartments and I know you're going to love those two and it's going to be a hard decision between the two. So that was great, you know? So, so I'm sure there are a lot of people curious, like what, what were those four questions just to, uh, to help our audience out? Of course. So what area are you looking into it? They're very easy questions, but it just gave me a real good idea of what people wanted. What area are you looking into? It was almost always West campus, which is an area in Austin. And then the beds to baths. That's very important. How many roommates? That's also important because they might want three beds, but they're going to have four roommates. So you never really know. And then also one that would always help is kind of giving me idea, uh, an idea of, you know what, what amenities are deal breakers for you? What do you really want in these amenities? And from there, when I got those top four, I was like, okay, this is easy. Now I really know what you want. What advice do you have? So, I mean, you started this at a really young age and there's probably a lot of people listening that, you know, might be a freshman in college or really early 20s, they might not know how to start or maybe they don't think that they're going to get, you know, the respect in the industry because they're so young and not as experienced. What advice do you have for people of that age? Of course, I feel like it's just so interesting how the mind controls everything. And I feel like with this, the only limitations that we have are those we put upon ourselves. So it's just so important to not really limit yourself and assume that someone is not going to go with you because of a young age. If you're persevering and you're going to grind, you can learn anything on the internet. So it's just more so having the mindset of abundance and being like, you know what? I'm not going to assume that this guy doesn't want to be with me. I know my stuff. It's just up to him. He's going to miss out if he or she does not go through me as a real estate agent or buy a, if I don't buy a home, you know? So let's transition into kind of your expertise in new construction. 
Uh, first of all, before we get into your expertise as an agent, let's talk about your first house hack, uh, which was which was new construction. Yeah, for sure. So this was pretty funny. I had just joined Diego Corzo's team, and he's my mentor. We just spoke about him earlier, Diego and Victor Nino. So we were watching the Super Bowl, and I had had my second home under contract with the team. And I was like, Diego, I know we're watching the Super Bowl and all, but I need your help doing this contract because I didn't really know how to do the sales contract back then. This was in February of 2020. And Diego came over to my house. We watched the halftime show Super Bowl. And then after that, we went to a study room and we did the contract. And he was like, dude, I know you want a house hack and I have this great opportunity for you. I know this builder and he is putting a house back on the market that just came off the market. Four bedrooms by three and a half baths. And I was like, wow, I need to go see that. So to go a little back, I had to put my goal November 12th to get a house hack by February 12th. That was my goal. And I did a 90 day challenge. So this was January, February when Diego told me this. And I was like, okay, where is it? He told me where it was the next day. I went, I looked at the property and I was like, I need this. I told the sales rep, what do I need to get this under contract? The house hadn't even been built, but I had seen another home that was the same floor plan. And he was like, $1,000. I was like, $1,000? I ran to Wells Fargo because I didn't have a checkbook or anything. And I submitted those $1,000 30 minutes after I had seen it, and the house was mine. That's amazing, man. So so walk us through kind of the numbers with that and, and getting the tenants. Um, you know, what, what that looked like, how you marketed. Was it friends? Was it people that, uh, you know, just, just walk us through kind of, of course. Uh, the deal. And and uh, and what it looks like maybe to go from beginning to end on a construction project like that for you as a buyer. Oh yeah, of course. So with this, the beauty of it was it was that I just needed to put a thousand in earnest money, and that's not common on a resale. You need to put way more than that. And, so, and what is what is earnest money for uh, for those that don't understand what what that would be? So earnest money is money in good faith, essentially saying that you're putting putting your money where your mouth is, and you're like, you know what? These $1,000 are showing that I have skin in the game. And if I decide to not purchase this property, I'm going to lose those $1,000. So with that, I put that in and the home, I, this was January or February, and the home wasn't going to be finished until May of 2020. So with this, the process is pretty standard. Contracts are standard. There's not really much negotiation that go into it. One thing that's great about the new builds though, is that they offer incentives if you go with their preferred lenders. So the preferred lender essentially just makes it easier for the builder because they have their contacts as a preferred lender. If you go with another lender, it's just a little harder for the communication and whatnot. They don't really know them personally. So the incentives that I got was all of my closing costs were paid. And on a resale, typically, you're looking at maybe 1% to 3% of the purchase price being your closing costs. So it's pretty hefty, hefty price. So that was great. And like you said, the process, it's pretty streamlined. The builders update you regularly on what your house is being built, every everything of the sort. Then once it's about to be finished, the house is about to be finished, you do a first walkthrough orientation. What that is, is that the builder comes with you. He tells you, okay, these are the sprinkler systems. This is your warranty, this and that. Goes through everything that the house has. And then you get blue tape. So you do a blue tape walkthrough as well. You put blue tape on anything that you see. If they didn't paint something correctly, you put blue tape on that, whatever you want. 
Then three days before closing, you do a final orientation. With that final orientation, you make sure that everything that you taped was corrected. And if not, you can delay closing. So that's how all of the builders that I've gone through has gone. And I've helped about 15 to 20 this year, myself and with Diego Corzo. And out of those 15 to 20, about 10 have been with new builds. So with this, very standard. Let's talk about my numbers. So with my numbers, the house was 286,000. I put 10% down. I could have put 3% down as a first time home buyer though. I decided to put 10% down because it made sense with my numbers. And with this, I didn't have to pay the closing costs. So that was great. So 10% down. I got my three tenants before I moved in. Well, no, two tenants before I moved in and one tenant two weeks after my move in. So the marketing was pretty easy because I had a lot of previous clients that follow me on Instagram. And also I'm on a lot of Facebook marketplaces for UT Austin and just Austin all over. So I put a story on Instagram and I had like five responses from my friends, my friends, people I know and trust. So I was like, hell yeah, this is awesome. So two of those friends lived with me. Then my brother moved to Austin. He lives with me. So that's awesome. And funny enough, all of those three people are now going to buy a home or have already bought a homes. So it's great. And they're, they're house hacking as well, correct? Yes, they're house hacking. They were like, dude, this is awesome. I mean, I'm cash flowing. My PITI, interest taxes and insurance, what you're going to be paying the bank. I put 10% down. The bank is lending me 90% of the home. So over 30 years, I'm going to be paying that. And with this, the PITI is about $18.57 a month. And with my tenants, I'm getting $21.50. So I'm cash flowing around $300 and living for free. So a lot of people ask me, it's like, dude, what if I'm not cash flowing? I'm like, dude, the way you have to see it is the ROI that you're getting, return on investment. So what you do, if you're cash flowing, great. You add the cash flow. You add your rent savings because it's important. You're going to be renting regardless wherever you live. So why not buy a home? and save on the rent then your equity pay down so i mean you're having your equity paid down by your tenants on a home that's most likely going to be appreciating like it is in austin so you get those three metrics and divide it by the amount invested which is a 10 percent. and my return on investment is like 50 or 60 percent and it's just insane i mean 50 60 percent on real estate and my home has appreciated about 15k in seven months so you can add that as well to the ROI. Yeah, man, that's that's amazing. Yeah, whenever you can cash flow on a house hack, I mean, that's just, you're saving on your rent, your living expenses, you're getting the equity, like you said, and you're cash flowing, that's just gravy on top. I mean, we know a lot of people who benefit from house hacking uh, that don't cash flow or you know live for zero, or maybe they're paying a couple hundred dollars, which is still significantly cheaper than uh, paying rent or paying a full mortgage. Oh yeah, it's it's just insane. I mean, the fact that I just put a thousand for a new build and got it under contract. I mean, if I didn't want it, okay, worst case I'll lose a thousand. But you know what? I'm like, hey, so if you don't want it, ask the sales rep, what are you guys gonna sell it for? Funny enough, a story like that happened. So Diego Corzo, he uh, got a house under contract for two eighty five, a new build, and his client was not going to end up purchasing it. And they was like, okay, let me just ask the sales rep, what are they going to sell it for? The sales rep said 330. So they was like, you know what? No, I have to figure this out. 
So that was like 40K in appreciation. And Diego ended up partnering with that client of his and he bought it. So funny story, but it's just crazy how getting a new build under contract and then it just appreciates without you doing anything. Yeah, man, that's awesome. That's awesome. Let's talk about uh, that second deal with, with your brother that is uh, currently um, going on, the 50-50 partnership. Talk a little about that for our uh, listeners. Yeah, of course. So with my brother, he lived with me. Well, he's, he still lives with me. And um, I was very, very excited to have him house hack. I'd been telling him about just financial freedom and whatnot and ha- happy enough. I'm very happy that he decided to take action. He got his home under contract, I believe, five months ago. This one was with another builder. So this builder required 3000 in earnest. So he got this home under contract for 316000 And this home is going to be finished on the 28th of December. And he got it under contract for 316000 The house is now the same, same exact house is now going for 350000 mm-hmm. So, I mean, his house is appreciated. Our house is appreciated about 34 k He hasn't had to do anything. Just insane. So with that, my brother, the great thing about this, his unfair advantage is that he can be a primary resident. So what a primary resident is, you live in the house for a year and you could get that advantage of putting as low as 3% down and having lower interest rates. As opposed to if you get a house as an investment property that you don't live in it, you have to be putting 20% down. So that was his unfair advantage. And he was like, look, dude, I have this money for this. I'll be the primary resident. I told him, yeah, you be the primary resident. I can put more money into it. Let's go 50-50. I'll get the tenants because of my leasing experience. And he was like, hell yeah, let's do it. So my unfair advantage was that I had the capital and I had that. Eventually, I think I'm going to give it to him because he's my brother. Right now we're doing 50-50 splits and all. But I'm just super excited that he's going to get it. 34000 in equity. I mean, for 3000 earnest deposits is just insane. Yeah, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. And you you also have a second uh, house act under contract on a new build. Talk a little bit about that, what you anticipate, and uh, why you bought that one. Yeah, for sure. So in Austin, just some this market is just insane. It's so hot. I've been seeing a lot of appreciation. And I got my first home, like we had said, April of 2020. And I wanted another one right away. The thing I the thing that I did know was that I was gonna have to put 20% down if I wanted one. So I was like, you know what? How can I be smart about this and not put 20% down? Figure that out with a partner. We're going to be putting 5% down. Then I was like, I want another house hack. And I want to take advantage of getting a place under contract and the prices right now. So I decided to talk with builders that I had good good relationships with. I was like, when is your estimated time for completion and whatnot? And one of them told me, hey, my estimated time is April through June of next year. And I was like, this is perfect because I can get this one under contract, get the price locked in. And I can also be a primary resident for my next home since my first year has already finished. So I talked with a lender, really close with that lender. She's awesome. And she's like, yes, you can qualify. Just write a letter letting the, the underwriter know why you're moving from this home to the other. I wrote that letter and I got it under contract for 326 of four beds by three and a half baths. That's now worth 350 at the same floor plan as my brother. It's in the south. And the home I currently live in is the North. So with that, I actually met up with a guy that's going to be my roommate. Um, it's going to be, I already have my two roommates for that house hack. And my mortgage is going to be around 1800 to 1700 
guy. So, I mean, I already have two roommates. I need one more. So I'm very excited for that. That's awesome, man. Amazing market, uh, you know, and, and you having the expertise in leasing. Um, t talk us through a little bit about that, like what, what, how you structure your leases and what you're going to do afterwards when you move out of the current place with the lease. Yeah, so with the leases, pretty standard. I have a contract that um, Diego and I use, Diego Corzo. Contract's pretty straightforward. Security deposit equivalent of the month's the first month's rent. Then is there's just an app fee to do the credit score, background check, and whatnot. Pretty standard. I do minimum of six month leases, but I rather have just a full year. So with that, once I move out of the home that I'm currently renting, since I'm living for free and I live in the masters, I'm going to be charging like around eight hundred for that masters room, and I think it's going to be like a thousand in cash flow. And then with the other home, the rents are going to amount to like 2200 in total and cash flowing maybe like 400 to 300 So yeah, the leases are pretty straightforward. Just a contract, um, security deposit, a move-in inventory sheet that just states what was in the room and if there was any damage to anything beforehand. And once they move out, I look at that sheet and I'm like, okay, I might have to take this off the security deposit or no, you're golden. All good. You keep the security deposit. So are you doing individual leases? So I'm renting this room. I'm on my own lease. It's not a combined lease. Correct. With that, you get more bang for your buck. And also it just makes it easier for people to not have that liability of being on a full lease. Like it's common in, in, in Austin, you get a full lease with two people in it. And if someone decides not to pay, it's like that other person kind of has to come up with that. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times there's guarantors. So someone who guarantees that this person can pay. I don't have that, but in, in leasing in, in UT Austin, that was very common. I've seen so, it go both ways. It's, it seems to be easier to manage it um, with individual leases, though. Oh, yeah. it's And, and with this, I always tell uh, my clients that do it house hack is to always see kind of the what you can get if you rent for the whole unit and then also see what you can rent per room. Because it's very important if it's like, dude, you know what? I don't want to be managing each individual. Let me just get a whole lease for a whole unit. My house can lease for like 1900 to 2000 if I lease it for the whole unit. So that'll be like 200 in cash flow. But I was like, you know what? I'll put an extra effort, just get each one rented by the room when I move out and cash flow like a thousand. Awesome. Now, uh, for those curious, because I'm sure there are a lot of people, uh, we get we get people all the time wanting to move to Texas or moving to Texas. And 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 uh, obviously the scene in Austin is is awesome and, and oh, the appreciation yeah. and all of that. Um, for those curious, do these HOAs uh, make you have, they, they, have you come across any that make you have a master lease uh, within there and then you can rent by the bedroom as well? Um, I know a lot of markets, including my own, you know, the HOAs require a master lease. You can't have individual leases. You can individually rent by the bedroom, but you have to have a master lease. Is that something HOAs out there uh, make you do or no? No, that hasn't been a problem that we've encountered ever. Awesome. Maybe only once awesome. Diego told me about that, but that's all. Cool, man. So Let's kind of, uh, for people wanting to go uh, move into Austin uh, or an area equivalent to Austin, walk us through kind of, you talked about the low earnest money deposit, which as we talked before, it's good faith um, in almost every state, uh, all 50 states, you have to have some sort of monetary uh, deposit to make a contract legal and, uh, and bound. Um, so you talked about low EMD costs, uh, that they have these incentives to where they'll pay your closing costs, a lot of benefits to buying new builds, walk us through kind of the process, what, what, you know, who, who's involved, the team members uh, that you use, 
um, and just kind of the process for people that are really interested in wanting to know a little bit more of the nuts and bolts of of going through a process like this? Yeah. So with uh, with the earnest, I mean, it's very easy. With this, you go to the builder, and it's like they give you the floor plans that are available and whatnot, and you just ask, okay, what's your earnest deposit? What incentives do you offer if I go with the preferred lender? And what's the timeline looking like? Those are the three questions I ask. I have a list of long questions that I ask as well uh, with that I go through with my clients. But I mean, that's very, very much so the important thing factors right now. And with that, they tell me earnest money. Okay, it's 500. All right. Can I wire that or can I bring a check? It's almost always you have to bring the check in person. So with that, just bring the check in person and the, the house is yours, which is pretty insane in a market like Austin. A, a lot of people don't know about this and it's unfortunate, but I mean, with resales, if you put a house at market value or a little under market value, I can assure you if it's priced right, you're going to get about 10 offers in two or three days. So that's that's how the market is. So it's like really asking my clients and whatnot, what are you guys potentially willing to waive? On a resale, are you willing to waive your appraisal? Are you also willing to do a lower inspection timeline? Or are you willing to go over asking price? And with a new build, it's like, dude, you get it at $500 to $3,000. You can back out of the contract if you want. If you want to back out, why not get the house and then just resell it right away? I mean, the house is appreciated most likely, so you can do that. It's just amazing how new builds offer that opportunity. Like, let's just say, for example, I just decided I want to go buy a new build tomorrow, but I have no idea where to look. Yeah. Um, is there, do I talk to an agent? Um, is there someone I can talk to that can help me find uh, new builds in my area? Oh, of course. So um, in Austin, would love to help if anyone's looking in Austin. And I mean, I would say definitely finding an investor savvy real estate agent is crucial because they know kind of everything you're looking for and they've done it, you know? So that's very important. And I have a blog post that I write all about that and house hacking. With this, I would say, yes, find a great real estate agent that's done it or help people house hack. And just in general, you need you need to really know what kind of what your goals are and what you're comfortable with. So I ask a lot of people, would you rather be comfortable or cash flowing? Because essentially you are going to have to decide between a three or a four beds. Three beds you probably won't cash flow. You're gonna be paying your house down though with other people. You're going to have to pay a little more out of pocket, but that's fine because you're paying your house down. And with the four beds, you're most likely going to be cash flowing. It is going to be more roommates. So, so are you comfortable with that? And um, yeah, it's it's really knowing, okay, what's your price point as well? Have you gotten pre-approved? And then from there, we can look at those price points and see what makes sense with your goals and if they align. One thing also that I didn't mention is that builders all of the builders that I've gone with offer a 10 to one warranty. And it's just amazing. The 10 to one warranty, what that is, is 10 years of structural. So any roof or foundation is covered by them through 10 years from the day that you purchase a property. Two years of HVAC, electric, and plumbing. If you have any, pro- obviously you're not going to like throw a di- diaper down the toilet. It's like, oh, it's your guy's fault. No. So it's really like if there's a plumbing problem that happened because of how they built it. And then one year of like the cosmetics. So say, for example, cabinets not closing correctly, door stopped working or something like that. You can call them and within that year, they can fix anything. So this is something that a resale typically does not offer. And sometimes your agent can negotiate having a home warranty on a resale. But in a market like Austin, 
probably won't be getting that because the sellers have all the power in their hands when it comes to negotiations at first. Yeah, and that, that's sort of throughout the country. And even even with a lot of those uh, home warranties, you know, uh, there's a lot of gray area uh, with a lot of that. And so uh, I also work with, uh, you know, a few new build um, buyers and there's there's a lot of perks, you know, to uh, to builders actually coming out, uh, holding them to their word. I mean, our state is very adamant on that. Uh, the guidelines are very strict yeah. for builders. And I'm, I'm certain that uh, Texas and Austin is is very similar with how fast you guys are growing. So uh, definitely a lot of protection to the consumer, the buyer um, of a new build. Oh, yeah, they they're very diligent with that. I went with DR Horton and my next home is a milestone home. DR Horton has been great. I had a minor issue with a window and I sent them a home warranty repair request, fixed it within like the day. So they've been great with that. So overall, I mean, uh, obviously the market is in, is appreciating at a high rate um, out there in Texas. Let's talk about some of the things that uh, in retrospect you would have done differently or some of the things that house hackers should should consider. You know, I mean, there's always there's always downsides to everything. I mean, even in even in fast growing markets, just like, uh, you know, marking aspects, leasing aspects, things to look out for tenants. Um, you know, what 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 uh, what what is some of the advice you would give to house hackers uh, specifically if they were coming to Austin? What I would say is don't get scared with the price points because five years ago, people were saying this is too expensive. Now, I'm pretty sure you never want to bank on spec on appreciation. That's speculating. But with how the market's looking and all, there's not really anything stopping Austin. I mean, it goes to say Tesla acquired land here and Apple has built a lot over here. So I've had a lot of clients be like, dude, this is too expensive. And I always tell them, okay, in five years, what was expensive is going to be super cheap, most likely. So don't be afraid about going in as long as you kind of have a backup plan. And also, I mean, you got to get your feet wet one way or another. If you fail, fail forward. I mean, you screw up. Okay, you learn from it and then don't make those mistakes again. But I had actually a client that we just got her under contract two days ago. For a new build that was like, oh, I should have done what you were told me. I told her seven months ago, you really need to get this house hack. It's great. She didn't get it. She regretted it. And she was looking at more. She's like, Andres, it's so expensive. Now, she would have gotten like 50K in appreciation, 50K or 40K. And I was like, get this house. I want to go see it. You just have to put a thousand down. DR Horton, four bedrooms by two and a half baths, 2,200 square feet. And she was like, legit, I'm going to drive over. And she drove over. Within five minutes, she signed. And she was like super happy. So it's all about taking action. You definitely can be a, it doesn't really have to be a high risk, high reward. It can be low risk because you do your due diligence and you have a great agent and a high reward, which is what we see with real estate. I mean, you guys know real estate is a, it's a long-term game, but it's, I mean, Goes to say there's, I think like 90% of millionaires are real estate investors or more. For sure, man. A ton of benefits. I mean, we talked a little bit about it. Um, you know, the fact that your your tenants are are paying down your mortgage over time, uh, while generally speaking over long periods of times, uh, you know, home prices are going to go up, you know, and it might not be over a five-year period. It might not be over a 10-year period, but over a 15 and 20-year period, uh, you know, there is there is a lot of pressure 
uh, moving these markets forward. You know, it's just it's the American way. And and so uh, I like how Warren Buffett uh, talks about the markets. And, and, you know, of course, he is the number one holder of uh, mobile home parks in, in the U.S. And, and he just he talks about the fact that, I mean, you know, in a, in a micro, uh, you know, micro view of the U.S. or markets, you know, it might be grim. It might be, you know, of course, with coronavirus, I mean, across the country, there are a lot of areas that that are uh, that are struggling. Uh, but if you look at it in the macro and if you believe that the U.S. will still be here in in 50 years, I mean, why not be, you know, bullish uh, on, on real estate? Yeah, of course. And with this, it's kind of like, OK, so rent is typically recession proof in Austin, especially there's about 100 people moving here. So know your market first off. And secondly, if you're doing house hacking, it's most likely for the long term. So do you really mind if your house's value goes down. Okay, that is important. But at the same time, if it's for long term, you're very, you're, you're, the most important thing is the rent that you're getting to cover your mortgage. So I'm like, dude, I don't really care if my house's value goes down. Yes, that's like, oh, damn, that sucks. But I mean, I'm going to hold this for a long time. And I'm also getting tax benefits, depreciation, mortgage interest. I mean, tax benefits are huge in real estate. So I mean, if my house's value goes down, if there's a recession, I mean, the rents won't really go down by more than 50 or $100. So another thing I also want don't let kind of a lease that you're in be the reason why you don't invest in real estate. So for me, I <laughs> it's pretty funny. Today is when I should have been moving out of my apartment, like legit today. <laughs> but I was like, dude, I, I want to get a house. I'm not going to let the fact that I have an apartment um, be the reason why I don't get a house. So I was living with three other roommates and paying like 900 or 800 to rent one of the rooms in a three bedroom, two bathroom apartment. And I was like, you know what? No, I'm not going to let that stop me. I, I had my purpose. And when you have a big purpose, your how will eventually find its way. So with this, I found a subleaser and he's been in that apartment ever since I got my house and he is going to be actually... My roommate in that apartment, he just closed on his home yesterday. <laughs> so that roommate that I subleased that room for is going to be my client slash roommate's house hacker tenant. So it's just pretty funny how that all became my house hacking tenants all got ho homes. My apartment um, roommates also got a home. So <laughs> everyone has just been seeing the power of investing in real estate. Yeah. And, and to agents out there, I mean, something that I've always written into uh, my leases is the fact that, you know, some people, you know, generally we're between a uh, minimum of 12 months to 24 months is, is the leases in my. Um, and, and a lot of people have their, their eye on buying a home, whether they want a house hack or not. Uh, you know, most, most Americans want to eventually, uh, you know, grab their stake at the American dream, which is home ownership. Um, and so we write into that we will allow them to, uh, you know, to buy a lease early, uh, if they, if they go through us as agents. Yeah, um, and, and smart. so, you know, a lot of our, we, we have really good tenants. Um, and you know, there's a big incentive. If you're the agent involved, uh, with the transaction, you know, you can, you can choose to give them back their earnest money or their, uh, uh, their deposit money early so that they have more money in the transaction, uh, as far as down payment money and, and money to, you know, for the lenders and you can use your preferred lenders and things like that. So, um, you know, I always, I always encourage agents to, to utilize something like that because, you know, tenants, uh, generally speaking, 
want to eventually get into home ownership and you can kind of help cultivate that culture from the beginning um, when you begin to accumulate units. Oh yeah, that's that's actually very smart that you put that in your lease. And I feel like just with home ownership, get your feet wet. If you don't like it, okay, you you have a home, you don't have to buy any other homes. But if you like it, I mean, that will just, you build your legacy. You don't build someone else's legacy with real estate investing. For sure. Let's transition back to you. Uh, I love this story about about new construction. I think it's it's awesome. If anyone is is in Texas, whether they're in Austin or not, uh, 100% get a get yeah. a hold of Andreas. Um, walk <laughs> through you. that. I mean, I mean, it's uh, you know the fact that you get into a new build, you have the protection, consumer protection that is out there um, as far as the the you know just just everything involved with it. HVAC, like you said, structural, uh, even even cosmetic. Um, you know, protection from things and, and then the appreciation, of course, uh, but great tenants. Um, I think that's fantastic. Let's talk about you a little bit though. What, what are your goals, uh, you know, looking forward, um, within, within real estate as an agent, within uh, house hacking, within growing a portfolio? Of course. So for real estate, uh, my goal is to help 30 people buy homes within my first year, Keller Williams. I've been with Keller Williams right now. I'm 24. And I've been with Keller Williams for about eight months, nine months, and I've helped about on my own about 13 people so far. And with Diego and Victor, I've helped about five more people. So total 18. My goal is 30 for this first year. And I'm pretty sure I'm going to reach it because right now I have like 13 people under contract. Out of those 13 people I have under contract, under contract means for a home. And for, for those of people that don't know, and, um, of those 13, I believe like nine are house. I mean, um, yeah, nine, nine are house hackers and about out of those nine, like eight have new builds or yeah, eight or seven, something around that. But those are my real estate goals. 30 people help 30 people the first year. And then, um, as, as for my investing, I have three properties. My goal really is to, for financial freedom. And it's not really a unit goal. It's more so how much can the units give me? Because a lot of people tell me, it's like, oh, I want 10 units, but it's like, why do you want those 10 units? So it's important to know what passive income you believe will be the, the passive income that you need to reach that financial independence. So originally it was 10 units by the age of 27 to be financially free. And that's like maybe 8,000 in passive income. So now it's really, I want to get into apartment investing. So I actually had a, a turnkey under contract in um, Cleveland and I decided to, to terminate that and I lost 500 in earnest money. So it wasn't bad at all. I was going to be getting like 300 in cash flow, but I was like, you know what? I don't want a limiting belief of my age to be the reason why I don't invest in apartments. So my goal is by April 31st, 2021 to have a 10 to 60 unit apartment complex in the Austin MSA. And I'm going to syndicate that. I already have people that want to invest in that. So I'm very excited for that 10 to 60 unit. And um, yeah, so I mean, I, hopefully with that, I can reach financial freedom by the age of 24 or 25. Well, would you say that all the time that you spent in real estate and the experience that you gained is giving you advantage to be able to syndicate? Like, do you, do you think you had to do that yeah. due diligence to get there? Oh yeah, for sure. So right now I'm still educating myself. <laughs> I joined a mastermind for syndications and it's been amazing. I've been reading a lot of books 
and talking to a lot of people. And with this, my, my, um, my, um, what was I going to say? My background in real estate has definitely helped me. I mean, I have a lot of people that I've talked to. The four people I've talked to are like, I want to invest with you. And I was like, wow. I mean, <laughs> reputation is so important in real estate. And I've built that trust through leasing. I have, I have had clients that I've helped from freshman year all the way leasing four apartments to buying a home. So it's been pretty crazy from when I was 19 to 24 right now. So it's insane. And the the experience has definitely helped me just writing contracts, knowing the lingo, uh, knowing the market, and in general, building that trust and having clients that are like, Andres, I trust you. We're going to be uh, the limited partner. We invest with you. You're the general partner and you do the syndication and whatnot. So just very exciting. I mean, it's building that trust and gathering that know-how. And with my mentors, Diego Corzo and Victor Nino, I've learned so much, so much. I'm so grateful for them. Yeah, for sure. And and uh, we were, I was just on a um, podcast with some of the guys from Bigger Pockets uh, yesterday, and um, awesome. we, we we were sort of talking about uh, the idea of of mentorship. Um, and and you know, a lot of people. Uh, our, our age talk about, you know, finding mentors, but they talk about it in terms of, you know, wanting to find someone to mentor them. And generally speaking, you have to reverse engineer that. I mean, you know, Diego, uh, is, you know, is, is good friends of ours. And of course yours, he's a very, very busy guy. And although he has a huge heart, uh, if someone were to just ask him to be his mentor, you know, the, the amount of time that he would have for them is very, is not, you know, is not a ton of time where, you be you, you know you became business partners with him, uh, and and now that you know through mutual beneficiary you know you're you're mutually benefiting each other, um, you know he is he has become that mentor that has a vested interest in seeing you succeed, and uh, you know and oftentimes that is the form that mentorship has to take on is is helping mutually benefit other people or or benefiting their life in some way, uh, you know uh, Drew's in IT you know and 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 a lot of people have have you know, struggles with, with whether it's posting on social media or their IT work, maybe they want a, a, um, you know, some sort of a website or whatever they're looking for somebody who's a high producer in whatever industry or whatever you're looking to do, you can come along and say, Hey, listen, I will do this for you. If you'll give me the know how to, to, to do yeah. this or that. And so uh, I just want to point that out to where, you know, these people become your mentors because of uh, mutual beneficent. I 100% agree with that. I love that you said that because it's more so, <laughs> If someone were to, I've had people contact me and just say like, Andres, um, I want to do what you do. Like, what do I have to do? And it's like more so if someone would tell me, Andres, I saw that you're doing house hacking and look at this new build community that I found. I think your clients will really like it. I'd love to talk. If you value, I'll, I'll talk to the people regardless. You know, I don't, I don't care, but someone will stand out more when it's like, okay, giving me the value and it's always be giving mentality that. I'm like, wow, this person invested some time and knows what I what I want. I'm a busy person, you know, so they know what I want and they offer that to me. It's like, hell yeah, I'll talk to you whenever you want, you know. So with this, I feel like it's so important to have a mentor if you're getting started with Diego. Super grateful for him. I listened to him on Bigger Pockets and I saw he was in Austin. I was like, dude, I'm going to reach out to him. Reached out. We got uh, some food somewhere and... The rest is history. I mean, he was like, dude, I want you on my team. I love your goals. I love what you're doing. And I was like, awesome. So I've learned so much from Diego. And 
if anyone like uh like bradley said if anyone's looking for a mentor it's always finding kind of what that person needs and investing some time to be like hey look i found this and that i feel like you could really take advantage of that let's get on a call that's what i'm doing with the syndication i'm looking for a mentor so i've been reaching out to people giving them value and hopefully um can do something for them i mean I'm willing to put the work in and also very excited for that. For sure. And and for people that like don't know my background, um Oh, 100%. I mean, with that, it's definitely about the education, like you said, and rock stars hang with rock stars. That's so true. Very important to do that due diligence to find that rock star. Tra- transitioning um, a little bit. We, you talked about, you know, reading a lot on bigger pockets, being involved with the forum, um, you know, re- uh, listening to their podcast a lot. Talk to us. Uh, do you, if, if you read kind of a book or, or kind of podcast that, that really uh, stands out to you, something that, that, that really in retrospect help you along your journey. Yeah. So, I mean, your guys' podcast is awesome. I've already told you guys, you guys are killing it. Great job. And, um, bigger pockets. I listen to, I don't really listen to music that much. So I listen to podcasts whenever I'm in the car, I listen to how I built this by Guy Raz. And then I also listen to real estate rock stars with Aaron Amuchastegui. I love that one. That one's awesome. Um, House hacking. Uh, there's another house hacking podcast that I listen to, and I mean, just in general, I love I love real estate. I love educating myself. I listen to a lot of multifamily podcasts as well. Then books. I swear, I have all the Bigger Pockets books, and I've read all of them. <laughs> really great books. And just in general, I okay. If you were to ask me, actually, best book that I recommend. It's not really a real estate book, but it's The Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod. That book, I kid you not, changed my life. Because of the fact that I do all of my routine before anybody else wake. Well, most of the people I feel wake up maybe at seven, which isn't bad at all. And with this, I wake up like at 4.55 in the morning. Then I do the whole routine, the miracle morning. And by 7.40, 7.30, I'm like, dude, I'm super pumped. I've gone to the gym. I've meditated. I've done my affirmations, visualizations, visualize what I want, my goals. 
And I'm like, dude, I'm super pumped. I did that today in the morning and it just helps me amazing. And it's really, really changed my life. So that book, The Miracle Morning, there's the original one. And then there's one for realtors. And I finished the one for realtors. Amazing book. I is actually I got to talk to Hal Elrod like two days ago and I asked him a question. And I was like, dude, like fangirling. It was it was awesome. Yeah, that's an awesome book. I read it a long time ago. Um, but but really does have a lot of uh, great takeaways. I know a lot of I know a few people that that, uh, you know, that that proactively uh, do the Miracle Morning. Uh, it's it's a great book. Amazing book. I love it. What well, about so, you guys? Uh, do you guys have any books that you guys recommend that you like? Well, there's a book uh, that I'm going through right now. It's it's you know, I read a lot and I listen to a lot of podcasts like you do. And, um, you know, uh, there there are amazing books, you know, but a lot of them kind of regurgitate the same information when you've, you know, yeah. I've read for a really long time and, and they're, they're awesome. So I've kind of uh, ventured out into different subjects and things like that. But there's one that really struck me, spe specifically in the uh, personal finance community, that has probably been the most fascinating read I've, I've had in a very long time. And uh, it's called the Psychology of Money. It, ju it just came out a couple months ago. Um, but it's it's a very intriguing book uh, about what actually matters uh, within uh, within building and sustaining wealth. Um, and you know, for pretty much everything else in the world, whether you're looking at personal finance or the markets, uh, you can solve with science and mathematics, you know, oh, like, wow. like, you know, you know, when, when you're talking about, uh, you know, this virus, you know, conquering this virus or, or, uh, other areas, you know, you can basically build a model around science and, and probabilities and mathematics where in, in the markets and personal finance, there's almost no way to build that model because it's so emotionally charged. Uh, and everyone makes, completely irrational decisions, you know, when it comes to money, because it's based off of emotion. And so, um, a very fascinating book. That's very fascinating very book. interesting. I'll have to get that one. Psychology of money. Okay. Psychology of money. Awesome. Yeah. There, there's a lot of books, like you'll read a book and, um, you'll put it into practice immediately and then you'll read another book and you might forget that <laughs> yeah, practice. But like so the, the one book, <laughs> the one book that like has stuck with me forever and like totally shaped my mindset was, uh, your money or your life. Okay. And the whole premise of it is if you think about money as life energy, because you're trading your time um, and effort for money. So you're getting paid to spend your life doing something. Every time you spend that money, you're spending life energy. And like the, the whole book just totally shaped my mindset into that mentality to where now if I spend money on dumb stuff, it hurts my soul. Like yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, you know, I, I work a nine to five job. I get paid, well, it's salary, but still it's like, I look at that and I'm like, okay, you know, how long do I have to work to be able to pay for this thing? And when you put it in that perspective that, oh, you know, I wanted a new whatever phone or whatever, and it cost me four hours of my life, five hours of my life. Um, it really makes an impact on your spending. That is so true. I just finished a book, Think Like a Monk by Jay Shetty. And that book, exactly what you said, it's so much about the mindset and just in general, it's like what value do you place on maybe you're buying food at ATB and something that's not healthy is like $4. Something that is healthy is $6. So it's kind of saying you value $2 more over your health, you know? So when you put it in that perspective, I'm like, oh, shoot. It really helped me just in general whenever I buy anything or want to eat healthy and all. So that's awesome that you mentioned that. So kind of going into psychology. Um, it's always fascinating. You know, we, we have a lot of people that talk about 
wanting to get into house hacking. Uh, but there's only a certain number uh, of people that actually, you know, do it. Uh, what, what is, what do you feel is the key factor of the reason that people actually house hack and those that don't, or those that set out to do something within real estate and those that don't like, what's the, what's the X factor, uh, in, in getting people over the hump? I feel like millennials in general, limiting beliefs about getting a home at this age. It's like, no, this isn't common. Nobody's doing it. So I shouldn't do it. Very, very big limiting belief that I've found through clients. And it's just about educating yourself first off. And then just in general, kind of getting over that hump of, oh, I'm scared that I'm going to fail. I mean, if you fail forward, you're going to learn regardless. If you don't fail, I mean, it's going to be great for you and for building that legacy. So I feel like mindset is just the most important thing in anything that you put yourself to do it is crucial to have that open mindset and believe in yourself you know you want to bet on yourself always and with this i found that just having kind of a a purpose what what your big why is why you want to buy this house i mean if it's just like oh it's building equity yeah that's awesome but in the long run, okay, that equity, maybe with that equity, I can buy another home through a home equity line of credit. Or maybe with um, buying this home, I'm going to give it to my kids. You're building your legacy. And if you start right now at this age and whatnot, it's like, oh my gosh, this home that I bought, been taking those tax advantages and then this and that. And now I know and I'm educating my friends. I love, I love when friends buy homes. And I'm like, dude, this is awesome. Because I know that this is going to help build your legacy and you're not paying someone else's rent. You know, you're, you're not, I mean, you're paying for a roof over your head. That's important. And with this, if you're renting, that money is not really going to be doing much a month after you pay for it. Roof over your head. Okay. But I mean, with a house hack, it's like, okay, <laughs> we've talked about this already. I mean, it's just that mindset and breaking through that very important. Yeah, for sure. And sustaining a long-term uh, mindset as well. You know, I mean, oh, if, yeah. if you look at it, uh, something that Drew and I talk about a lot is, is just, um, you know, building and cultivating a, a 50 year approach to, to financing, especially when you're in a financial independence community. I think a lot of people have, you know, uh, such a short term and, and sometimes to get you moving in the right direction, you need to have short term goals and, 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 oh, yeah. and feel like, feel like you need to do it at a, at a very early age. But, uh, cultivating a 50 year approach, you know, similar to something like uh, Warren Buffett, who we talked about earlier, you know, Warren Buffett went through 14 bear markets in his career. Uh, 14. I mean, that's a lot of bear markets and people our age, we have not been through a bear market. I mean, we are, we're uh, in the middle of, of sort of uh, figuring out what's going to happen. I mean, the markets are, you know, uh, they're, they're all over the place in this past, you know, 10 months. But, just, you know, we would be fooling ourselves if we don't think we we're going to see something similar over our investing career that that Buffett did and, and similar investors did and, and cultivating that mindset of sustainability. Uh, and that's why I think that that book, uh, Psychology of Money, which talks a lot about this, was so intriguing, is that, you know, it almost it, it almost doesn't matter at all what people do during uh, markets that are up. It's almost yeah. all about what people do when markets are down. And that's something that we never really think about, especially being young people who are built on optimism and seeing, you know, seeing the market. I mean, the past 10 years has been the best bull run uh, in American history um, of a 10 year stretch. And so we've we've cultivated this mindset of 
of seeing things be, you know, good and, 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 and moving forward. Um, but, but what happens when things get shaky, what happens when, you know, uh, you know, things in the future, uh, are a little bit rocky. And so, yeah, sustaining that mindset. But if you're looking at a home ownership in the micro, things might be going good. They might be going bad, but if you're looking in the macro, uh, and you're building it that way that, you know, that you're going to build something sustainable. 100% love that. Great thing about real estate. When you look at it long-term, I mean, your goal doesn't have to be to have a thousand units. It can be a vehicle to get you to a separate goal. That's not a real estate related goal. Um, so, you know, you could go down the road of house hacking for 10 years and then pivot to start a business or I don't know, go golf more, like whatever you want to do. Um, it's going to make you more risk adverse to be able to accomplish those goals because you have the cash flow from those rentals, uh, because you set yourself up financially the right way through real estate. Exactly. I mean, what what hurts the most is just seeing people keep that keep renting. And then I'm like, ah, oh, you know, if you look, put it into perspective within the year, that rent that you're paying, you could have put a 3% down payment and maybe even have more money in your pocket. So, yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah, Andres. Well, we appreciate you coming on. This is amazing. Um, you know, new construction, the adva- uh, advantages to people that are specifically moving into Austin or around the country, especially in markets that are that are getting very hot. Um, to be able to do what you do, I mean, you add a lot of value, obviously, to your client. Where can people reach out to you? Where can they find a little bit more about you? Of course. So on my Instagram, Andres Busta B U S T A T X. That's my uh, Instagram handle. And then also Facebook, Andres Bustamante. And then I have a house hacking blog that I uh, put blogs on, uh, posts on regularly. It's househackaustin.com. Doesn't really, it, it pertains to Austin, yes. But I mean, if people are looking anywhere, I talk a lot about my deals and what questions to ask agents, lenders, and also it can pertain to anywhere in the US. Awesome, man. Well, well- we, we genuinely appreciate you coming on. I mean, this was fascinating. Um, I think a lot of people are going to get a lot of weight, take a lot away from this, whether they want to be an agent, whether they want to house hack in, in Austin, whether they are in similar markets around the country that are emerging markets to where there's a lot of development going on, um, you know, similar to, to Austin. I think there are just so many great nuggets to be taken away from this. Oh, of course. And thank you guys. I really, really appreciate you guys for letting me come on.